when my team wins a big game, it's good. But when my team doesn't win the big game, you better look out, Buster. I'm a loose cannon. This is not good at all. Good afternoon and welcome to the Too Much Dip podcast. My name is Dave, known to many as Mr. Closest to the Pin. Joining me in studio today, none other than Dylan Chivery. Well, I am happy to be here. I don't appreciate you playing that particular clip a couple days after my team does lose the big game. So... (laughs) Uh, I see what you're doing. I don't necessarily appreciate it, but I, I don't know why. Because you're the only person who had a team that they like lose over the weekend. Well, it was it the big game? Uh, it was the biggest game of the season, I think. Uh, was it not? Mm. Cowboys anyway. 49ers. That was the Cowboys' biggest game thus far. It was. Okay. It okay. was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're okay though. Uh, an otherwise fantastic weekend. I, I will. I will have to say. But um, good to be here. Got a little Lucy in the upper lip that's helping me get through this episode. You know how I do it. Whatever it takes to get through the episode, man. Yeah. yeah. Here's a guy who does it all natural, KJ. Mr. 2-0 overseas. That's right. 2-0 in London town. Ugh. Jacksonville Jaguars fandom representative right here. Welcome. Thank you. Um, happy to be here with you folks. We discussed this on Circling Back this morning because we had Brett fill in. <laughs> The fairness of the the Jags getting to just hang out in London for the week and the Bills having to fly over there. I, that is such an asterisk game. Uh, one they team, didn't want to. If they wanted to, then do it. One team is jet lagged. The other has been eating you know, crumpets all week. Probably went to go see Big Ben, the whole shit, you know? Yeah, they probably went and swam in the <laughs> Ganges sea. River. What is the sea over there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The Thames? The Thames. Yeah, the Thames. I thought they went swimming in the Thames. Whatever. It's just, it's, it just is strange. <laughs> is right? that not the one that's in Paris? No. Okay. Never mind. It doesn't matter. I feel like I've walked It's a river in England. Okay. You guys there got it right. That I knew off that's the top good. of my head. Didn't look it up. Definitely there didn't look that up. In fact, the thing about it was... Is at 215 miles. It's the longest river entirely in England and the second longest in the United Kingdom after the the River Severn. Yeah, but how many are? I feel like it's not a, a river heavy area. I mean, it's like an island, right? Take me to your river. Anyway, That's not take the me. Words. We don't need to get into the. It take me to the river. Yeah, I know. We don't. Topographical. Uh, KJ wanted to make it about him. Of course. International, Mr. Uh, not so worldwide. My passport really only has like two stamps, and one's kind of a gimme just because I drove up to Vancouver. In fact, I don't even think I got a passport stamp for that. Maybe I did. Who knows? Um, I know that uh, based on the headline for today's Circling Back that you fellows have talked ACL already. Um, you don't have to answer if it's going to be covered there, in which people should listen to that too. But... I am beyond curious in the logistics and experience of doing ACL with child. Did you go into depth on that? Uh, no, didn't quite go in depth on it because I, I believe it's to my understanding. Parks has been multiple times in the past. This is yeah. He's a, he's a seasoned vet. I think he may have, he maybe have gone more than I have. I don't know. His mom takes him. He, yeah. He loves it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. What, I guess, any basics there? Um, ages that you would start at? Because I know David's thrown out like the whole question of, you know, when to consider bringing a child to professional sports. I think any big event is, is always kind of one of those things like it's probably easier once you actually do it. But any quick feedback on how that uh, how that goes for you? I had the benefit of Parks having friends there. So his okay. uh, one of his good buddies was there. His, his mom brought him uh, a couple of other – Kids were there, so he played a lot with them, which made it easier. If it was, it was me just dragging him around from stage to stage, I'm not sure how much he would enjoy that. Not nearly as much as uh, I mean, he just he played the whole time, really. So that was good. Uh, but no, it was fine, man. Um, he's of course he's eight, so he gets around very well now. 
But yeah. um, if a lot of walking involved, so that's that you know, mm-hmm. it, whether they're so small you got to carry them or have some kind of a stroller situation, I don't know. I did run into New York Times bestselling author W. R. Bowler, who was there with his his young one. Uh, they oh, had wow. a stroller, and they were on the way out at, at like, this is probably five thirty or six. So they got out of there pretty early before the the main uh, acts were on. But yeah, it's, it's very doable if you're prepared. I've been told yeah. that with stroller you get the uh, VIP line access. Yes, getting in. Oh, not not just stroller. I got to I got to skip the main line. Oh, that's because there's, there's a family entrance. It's it's where the platinum the platinum badge is the same entrance. If you have a child with you, Ooh. you can skip. I'll probably save me twenty minutes getting in. It was really really clutch. It's just like a private little entry right there, and then you can register the kid. He gets his own little wristband that has like you know all my contact information in case he gets good uh, separated from me. Like so that there's that whole situation. They, they do it. They do it right. It's cool. Is it? Um, is he too old for Austin Kitty limits? That's the first play, place we went, and that was because his buddies were in there. That's where we met up with them, and he was in there for we were in there for half an hour, and it, it's fine. It's he's probably a little old for it. They have like you know little fake tattoos, and they do your hair all crazy, and there's like little acts oh, yeah. that go on in there and shit. But it's, it's fine. Lisa Loeb played it a few years back, randomly. Did she? Mm, big time. Forbidden Zone. Yeah, I don't know if she did like exclusively. You say, yeah, that's the one. Do the kids know that one? I know every word of that song. I used to good pull. I used to go real hard. Well, yeah, I think she might do kid stuff now. Um, kid music, not kid stuff. She's not like wearing Oshkosh Bagosh or anything. But yeah, good for her. Yeah, <laughs> tremendous. She just builds and, Lincoln and logs. And maybe I'm the only person that cares, but it is truly uh, one of those weird things, like traveling with a toddler, whatever. It it seems natural, like once you've done it, and once you're in it, but very intimidating for those who have not. So, uh, thank you for that. Aside, yeah, that's a good question, KJ. Lots of uh, marijuana uh, in the area, <laughs> just wafting nonstop. Which I had to explain to him, like there's not a skunk in the in the park here that's actually marijuana. And he was it. He got in, he got in his head about it. He was because to him, all he hears is like, "Oh my gosh, people are doing drugs around me," you know, because he's eight. Right, right. So he Thinking smelled it. He was like, "I feel like I feel like I'm just I'm inhaling so much smoke." I'm like, "You're okay. I think you're just just chill, buddy. We're we're gonna get through this just fine." He's like, "I keep coughing. Like there's so much smoke. I'm like you're fine. It's, it's just high. It's just that that mota. Yeah, it's just that's that sticky. <laughs> yeah, man." <laughs> Um, hey, no live stream this week. Thank you to our special guest from last week, Eddie Radosevich from Sooner Scoop. Um, but we will be back next week. And next week's guest, um, pencil him in, but I do have confirmation and I need to send him an email that we will have an American League All-Star next Thursday. Next Thursday, 6.30 Central. Um, you can watch those at youtube.com slash too much dip. Go subscribe to our YouTube page if you have not already. Is it Shohei? It's not Shohei. <laughs> We've got four boxes. We've got one for Shohei, one for his translator. <laughs> it's a two-hour show. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to take us a while to get through that one, but yeah. we're happy he's going to join us. Um, Yeah, otherwise, enjoy this week. It's going to be a good week. Um, Dylan told us earlier it's content week, so mm. we're going to try to provide mm. more content. Yeah. Where do you want to begin? They just do Texas OU off the top, get out of the way. This here is the Red River rivalry, the Red River shootout, the Red River showdown. Showdown. It's also, it's a game of many names. They went to the one that's most difficult to say. Red River showdown, rivalry. Correct. Just, what's up? Is showdown the current one, or what's what's rivalry right now? is the current one? Oh wow! Yeah, it's 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 hard to say. It's hard to say, truly. Anyway. Yeah, let's, let's just get into it. As I said last week, uh, my son had a soccer game that started at 11.45. We had to be there at 11.15, so I, I had to miss the entire you know, first half plus of the game. Uh, luckily, I was able to avoid all spoilers, so I, I started the game not knowing anything, although the, uh, the text group's going quiet. Um, like we talked about this on Circling Back. It kind of gave me a little uh, indication of how the game might be going. But I, I think it was the, out of respect for you. Yeah. I think that was – at least I know it wasn't I think, too much dip one. Like. I think I tried to convince myself that if Texas was winning, 
that they would like at least respect, you know, the like the spoiler aspect and not to just blow me up about it. So I was like, okay, maybe that's why they're being quiet. But then as the game progressed, I was like, nah, this is this is a back and forth, really close game. Probably didn't end well for me. So uh it was all a surprise the way it went. Uh pretty crushing loss, I won't lie. Uh, I got a lot to say about it. I don't I I don't know. Yeah, um go off. First thing I'll say is that OU is better than I expected them to be. The defense is is a pretty tough defense. I think we kind of knew that coming into the game, but um, like I said, because of the competition they had faced up until that point, I wasn't quite sure how legit that defense was. It's a pretty good defense. Game started off pretty terribly for Texas. What surprised me the most, I think, is the game felt bigger for Texas than it did for OU. OU just came in just, you know, on fire. They like they were just amped up for the game. Texas was kind of flat. That that interception, the second play of the game for Texas, the interception was a really, really bad play. Uh, he had another interception in the first quarter. The first five minutes, just really bad for Texas. Um, the, inter- the second interception probably wasn't um, a wise decision to throw it into traffic like that, but he did hit his tight end in the hands, and he did drop the ball. He got hit pretty good. Probably don't. Probably shouldn't have thrown that ball. But it's not it's not all on Quinn. After that, he played a very clean, very strong game. If you if you take those first five minutes away, he actually was very, very sharp. Um, the first like seven minutes of the game was just very chaotic. A lot happened. Fake punts and and turnovers and all kinds of wild shit was going on. Texas finally settled down a little bit, made a game of it. Uh Gabriel Good quarterback. He, you know, until that last drive, which was an incredible drive by him, credit to that dude. Until then, he was pretty average, I think. He was, I think, completing like 55, 57% of his passes, didn't have any touchdowns yet. What really shocked the hell out of me, and and apparently the Texas defense as well, was that that dude can run. He had over 100 yards rushing, Mm -hmm. which I think was the difference in the game. I don't think Texas D was prepared for that at all, like they were for Jalen Milrow for Alabama. What was his, um, Injury at UCF, or what? Did he have one? I remember because at he, UCF he ran the ball a lot more. I, I feel know. like, although I, I have to admit, I have not watched a ton of OU outside of this well, week. But they had Mac Milton, who had his traumatic injury. Right, right, right. Come back, wasn't fully ready because obviously he ended up going to Florida State by the time Dylan Gabriel had fully taken over. But I think Gabriel had a knee injury, and I could be wrong. I know it was a leg injury of some sort. Um. But I, I believe it wasn't, like, if anything, it was a torn ligament. I mean, you can confirm. And, of course, okay. last, last season, the game before Texas OU, he was concussed, which is why he had to miss Texas OU. And we know how that one went. That was a much different story. Yeah, it's it's a much improved team. It, it really is. I mean, they had a, a lot of help in the transfer portal. They got some dudes on defense. The, the D-line played their asses off. Um, there Sark. was a – What? Sark. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't his best game, obviously. That I, seems to be where my other UT friends were pointing their late gate. Was it clock management? Game in the management. Game management and um, that last drive. Yeah, the last drive. I believe OU had two timeouts that last long Texas drive, and then there was four plus minutes to go. So that's a lot of time to kill against a team that has two timeouts. But even so, they they were they were running like the hurry up. They weren't letting any clock. Uh, runoff at all which i don't know that's always a weird debate because it's like if if you're an offense and you think your best way of getting those yards is doing the hurry up like you're saying that we have to kind of catch them off guard um, and not let them get set to have our best chance at moving the football then you don't stop doing that yeah so the drive stalls out so texas has to kick a field goal to go up by three um and they do so oh you had to burn their last two timeouts so they left a minute 15, which is a lot of time. I This isn't on Sarg necessarily, but I, I hate how Texas goes to the prevent right there. With a minute 15, they go to the prevent, and then OU just starts ripping off these chunk plays. They have a couple of them, and then there's a, uh, a pass interference down the sideline there, and it puts them you know within, like inside the five, and then we know how the game ends. Um. 
Yeah, I, I didn't love I didn't love the defense in this game. Yeah, I, I I point to that more than I point to Sark's overall just game management. Is the defense just was not prepared for for that offense? Yeah, and uh, to confirm, Dylan Gabriel actually broken left clavicle, so it was a collarbone oh, at UFC, okay. UCF. Definitely not me. his leg. Yeah, not yeah. his leg. But anyway, not a <laughs> not a major point. He's definitely better. I've been down on him all year. Definitely better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, especially on that last drive, he was really, yeah. really good. He was he was nails on the last drive. So credit to him. There was that that goal line stand that I think is like the probably the the series that that stands out the most. This was uh, I don't remember if it's late third or early fourth, but there is a uh, Texas gets the ball down to the one, first mm -hmm. down, first and goal from the one, and OU stuffs to run three times in a row, and then there's a quick a quick pass to Worthy. Who, if you if you look at the replay, there was uh, a pretty bad face mask that was missed, but it is what it is. Uh, that was an impressive goal line stand, and that was like the turning point. That was like, okay, they have just stolen all momentum from Texas. So they threw it on fourth and one. They threw it on fourth and one. They do it a quick pass to to uh, Worthy, little screen pass, and he got down like he was like two inches from the goal line, and okay. Safety for OU just like yanks him back by his face mask. It was pretty bad, but it was also a pretty congested play, so I can understand how that was missed. Shout out to Sark for uh, avoiding uh, hopping on the bandwagon and doing the tush push, which yeah. is my most overplayed thing of uh, football season in general this year. I would be very happy if we didn't have to hear about it again. They have a a backup running back who runs a wildcat. He actually he's the one who, who threw a pass early in the game from the wildcat. And he's a, a stout dude, and he's pretty he's pretty nails. From I don't know why they didn't go to that. It, it's been working so far. Didn't do it. Good news for Texas. I mean, this was a, look. This is a crushing loss. It really was. It's as good as Texas has looked. This is like okay. This is the year that they can put a run together. Good news is Texas is through the difficult part of their schedule by far. Um, they're five and one. The goals are still ahead of them. So if they win out, and it's definitely not a given, but all the games left are very winnable for Texas. And if they take care of business, if they play like they are capable of, they're going to meet OU again in the Big 12 championship. Who do you guys got? You got Tech at, at home, uh, Kansas State. Iowa State, Kansas at Houston, State. Houston versus BYU versus K-State at TCU at Iowa State. Finish at, uh, finish at home versus Tech. So these are all winnable games. And, that, again, it doesn't mean they're going to win them all, but they're, they're going to be favored in every game from here on out. Okay. So yeah, they I mean they could they could still win the Big Twelve, and if they do, I think there's still a spot for uh, for them in the playoff. So that's that's the good news here. Um, and this is going to sound like sour grapes, and and whatever you can blast me for it if you want. I think Texas is better than OU. I still believe that OU played much better. They were they were ready for the moment, much much more so than Texas was. And so that's just that's disappointing. But the season is not a loss yet. There's still goals are ahead of them. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. KJ, uh, not much more to say on that game. I, you know, I thought it was entertaining. Um, I don't know if I felt this way in past years. That maybe it's the neutral site, maybe it's the pageantry of like the state fair and everything else going around, going on around it. It almost feels like you're watching a Super Bowl, and I don't mean the value of the game, like the stakes online, but kind of like the fighters feeling each other out since that you get with these games. Like every single year seems to be a different experience. You get kind of some sloppy play, some mistakes that these teams don't make in other situations, but it doesn't feel like a this year, this coach out coach that coach, or, you know, it always seems like there's just unique twists, much like when you're watching a Super Bowl between two teams that have a ton of time to come you know, uh, to prepare, et cetera, et cetera. So that was just my only like walking away sentiment. It's like great game as a neutral fan, like it's enjoyable. Um, I don't know that I subscribe or you know, agree with the like online. Oh my gosh, this has given us everything. This is such an entertainment game. It's wild ass. There's all these things happening. Like I enjoy seeing block punts and fumbles and random interceptions and, you know, penalties cause games to turn. But I also don't feel like you're getting a clear view of like what exactly these teams have to offer so it is um, you're right it, it's such a chaotic environment uh, it's 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 so unlike any other game uh yeah it just feels like one of those games where you just never know what the hell's going to happen 
and which is it, and as a fan, and it makes me extremely nervous. Even if I think Texas is much better than OU at the, in, in that particular game, you just you really just don't know what the hell is going to happen because that's just a wild environment. Uh, teams can really get up for the game, uh, or they can just fall flat, and and the moment can be too big for them. Like last year, OU was just not prepared for that game. Yeah. This year, this, it was a completely different team. So I don't I don't even get that feeling like when watching some of the SEC games that are played and. Uh, the Falcon Stadium, like when you see those early season big big name teams, whatever Bama's playing Clemson or something, start the year, whatever Florida State or something like that. I don't even get that and those sentiments. And maybe it's a lack of a rivalry game angle. Um, it feels different than even the SEC rivalry games. Like when you're watching the Iron Bowl, the home situation has so much to do with how those games play out. Like this is unique for that sense. So yeah. Anyways, great game. Yeah. Um, Dude, look at maybe it. if I paid more attention to the world largest cocktail party in that the one that's like Florida, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, and it's usually at the Jag Stadium or somewhere, you know, somewhere else. Like maybe that feels similar, but um, yeah. And the I way the say. the way they have the the stadium or the the stands where it's like it's split right down the middle. I mean, one half of the stadium, mm-hmm. if you're on that side of the field, like the crowd is great for you and then you <laughs> as soon as you cross a 50 it's just all booze it's it's really crazy um highly recommend going to the game if you've never been it's a lot of fun looking at ou's remaining schedule like i knew they had an easy schedule this year uh, ucf at home okay uh kansas in uh in lawrence then you got bedlam the last bedlam which Okay. Shouldn't be mid season like that. <laughs> um, yeah, November fourth. Uh then you got uh West Virginia at home, then you got at BYU and then TCU at home. So Bedlam is a similar game to where I mean on the road in Stillwater, the final Bedlam, that's gonna be Gunny's Super Bowl. So that might actually <laughs> That is true. That that will be his his job saving game. Great point. Um <laughs> they're gonna beat the shit out of West Virginia, probably. Asterisk. But currently, West Virginia only has one loss in their record, and like better than know, people thought. If they were to beat Oklahoma, like uh, they've got a path, um, yeah, to doing some weirdly good things. Again, it won't happen, but they very well easily could show up to that game undefeated, make it a little bit more interesting than it needs to be. Um, granted, it's in Norman, but still, that's like the only who knows what could happen game because. Pivot to Kansas real quick. The other like ranked team left on Oklahoma's schedule. I was surprised that their quarterback Daniels was out last week. Apparently, whatever's going on with his back, like might potentially be a significant like long term thing. He was out again this week with back tightness. Um, they got the dub over UCF like in, in pretty well uh, managed fashion. But like if he's not there to play Oklahoma, like that game is irrelevant. So. Um, can we talk, um, so we're just, Sark obviously got some criticism. Yeah. Jimbo. We could talk Jimbo real quick. I forgot about that game. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, a, a winnable game, a game that when you have, if you're A&M and you're at home, they're at home, have the mm-hmm. ball in Alabama territory, fourth and one, full yard. That's key here for context. Punted it. Punted it away against Alabama, and then afterward, Jimbo says they obviously end up losing that game, says if it wouldn't have been the full yard, we would have gone forward, I think. Which, that is such an old-school way of thinking that I almost respect being that stuck in your ways that you would punt that on the on the, on Bama's 38. Uh, well, think about a full yards, notably three feet, right? At what point in the game was this? This is the third quarter, I think. Okay. Third quarter, I want to say it was tied. I could be wrong about that. It was pivotal. No one, I, no one does that anymore. Modern football, like it's, it's just a much more aggressive type of football. Like no, no one's, no one's punting there. That's almost unheard of these days. Yeah, and I don't know what to make of Alabama. I know Milrow looked better, but mm-hmm. um, it's still a big dub because they've, you know, they've, they've tripped up there and they've looked up and down this year. But that was tough. And then the other coaching, the one that I could not believe was real. And I kept watching videos of it, like on Twitter, as I was lying in bed in my golf trip. It was fucking Miami. Unbelievable. Oh man, that's it's one of the worst coaching miscues uh, that I can remember. What in like recent memory? Yeah. What What are you doing? 
since like, the last time that he did this at Oregon, because he did this, this very same thing happened to him at Oregon. <laughs> is it just a philosophical thing where he's just like, he go just in the game, go take it from him type mentality. He's such an alpha that he does not believe in just knee, taking a knee and running out the clock. Okay. He's like, got to, got to really stick it to him. I'm sure he was asked this post game. Um, and I, I haven't seen his press conference. Was he aware of the situation? Did he know that a knee ends it right there, or was he just? I don't they know. They had two timeouts, minute ten seconds, and you very easily, with basically, kneel on first down, kneel on second down, timeout, timeout, kneel on third down. Clock is running, the clock is ticking into your fourth down play. You're snapping it with seconds left on the clock, if anything. You're doing. You're, you have the end of the game that Alabama and uh, A and M had, where. You're throwing the ball as far as you can or running around, taking a sack, whatever. You can even take a safety at that point, and you're not losing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It reminds me, I, mean, I guess this goes right next to the Marcus Freeman 10-minute on the field uh, game earlier this season. Like, he had to eat that and, you know, said he realized in the moment, didn't want to get the pen penalty, and just poor, inexperienced coaching decision. Mario Cristobal, like that was so bad. Once it happens, once somebody else has to be there to say, "Hey, what the hell are we doing?" No, no, kill, kill, kill. Take a knee. Yeah, like, he he essentially said like it was the wrong. He owned up to it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, on another note, it's extremely hard to access information without having um, a subscription to every major newspaper across the country. <laughs> as I frantically search for the quote. But everything's behind a damn paywall. God, dude, what a beating. Thank God for Bro I, Bible. Jesus. <laughs> I will say this. I don't mind subscribing to several things, especially newspapers. Catch me in hell trying to unsubscribe from one uh, in, in an efficient manner, uh, which is just the thing that always gets me. KJ, that's yeah, great you was, brought that up. You should check out our friends at Rocket Money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no read today. Uh, but yeah, he's rightfully getting crucified for this. The like, it's, it's hard to say what happens to their season from here. But when you have players like literally caught on camera saying, what the F are we doing? Like in tears, feeling like they just lost their season. It's hard to keep that thing on track. So if they do win out, and, you know, beat Florida State and are making noise towards the end of the season, and this is the loss that keeps them out of the college football playoff, that hurts. But I almost would then, like, credit him with, like, keeping the locker room together, getting things back on track, and, like, getting past this kind of embarrassment. Because, like, you know, this is uh, millions, millions and millions of dollars on the line. You know, they'd beaten A&M earlier in the year. That's, you know, whatever, a reputable win. They're going to go to North Carolina next week. North Carolina being ranked 12th, you've got top 15 teams left in Louisville and uh, or Louisville and Florida State left. Like that's a ranked number one. You know nobody's gonna move Georgia out of the way, but that's a top two ranking like schedule left to play if they were to won this game. So sure, that's just that's bad. He said there's no way to rationalize it. It's the wrong decision. Should have kneeled it. Um, he did kind of mention some stuff about ball security. And that kind of feels like you're uh, throwing out a little distraction there. Like, yeah, maybe. I mean, yes, he Wait, should why not, not have torture defense for, I don't know, if Des caught it, <laughs> finish exactly. out the game. Like, Georgia Tech didn't win because of the fumble. They won because they scored on a 40 yard <laughs> touchdown pass after the fumble. Like, it still wasn't over. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a mega tough scene. Um, anything else from the world of college football? We're, we don't even need to talk about. Nobody cares about Tech Baylor. Just nobody cares that, that Dave Aranda's <laughs> on the extreme hot seat going into a bye week. Nobody cares. Shout out to Tech. Um, Georgia looks uh, really good again. They look do look good. Finally. Kid, what's, uh, what's their quarterback's name? He's looking Carson much, much better. Beck. Carson Beck. Beck. <clears throat> yeah. They are uh, to be dealt with. A lot of people point. thought he was a loser, baby. But this Beck ain't no loser. <laughs> okay. All right, it's better than the Carson baby. Daly route. I was trying to figure out in my head. I, I like forced that. it. I was trying to think of anything. Um, <laughs> uh, we all got that game wrong, but I I think we were all skeptical 
and, and I don't know that this like proves that every other win they had was deserving. Um, maybe it questions like what Kentucky's worth. I don't know. They control the game top to bottom, but um, they're now deserving of like whatever first rank spot they've been in all season. Yeah. Um, I think the only, the only thing I've said, the only take I've had correct on any live stream and maybe this show ever was um, when I took my big boy stacked LSU, Missouri, because LSU's, I was like, well, LSU's defense is very bad, which is a real hot take. No one else is saying that. And it turns out I was right. So shout out to me. Yeah, same with me and Iowa's offense. I got that one too. Uh, biggest games this week, since we don't have a live stream really quick, I'm going to glance ahead. Uh, anything done for you by 18 UCLA at 15 Oregon state. Um, I'm seeing AM at Tennessee. Oh, Oregon at Washington. Mm. That will be worth my time. Two 30 on Saturday. Uh, so yeah, that's really all that's worth, um, saying that you'll figure out something about the rest of the year. Then you get Miami, North Carolina that I already mentioned. So yeah, check me, uh, Looking at Bo Nix and Penix. That's the game, right? That is the game of the weekend. He is it looks the like. Penix is the uh he is the odds on favorite for the Heisman trophy at this moment, I do believe. I think I saw that earlier. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's shifted week to week. Uh USC going to triple overtime with Arizona. <laughs> we don't have time to go through all the shit that happened there, but uh USC's dropped in the rankings three straight weeks and won every single week, while which, remaining undefeated. <laughs> yeah, they, they it's were like the opposite of like Georgia. Georgia looked ugly every single week and like they just kind of stayed at one and lost some of the first place rankings. The USC they're like, no, fuck that. They're trash. <laughs> they're just they're just begging to get upset by someone at this point. They, their defense just gives up so much. But they have Caleb Williams on their side so that they're pulling these games out. But that, that's a team that's just ready to get beaten. We're going to get an LSU USC bowl at the end of the season. Yeah. Half the players won't play, including Caleb, but. Old school bullways like that would be a 61-58 game, and I'd love every bit of it. <laughs> Guys, before we get into the NFL, can we talk about our good friends at Prize Picks? Yes, please. Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Uh, David Montgomery. I just got to give a sneaky shout to David Montgomery of the uh, Detroit Lions. What? You don't believe me? No, I do. I respect it. You got to respect it, dude. He's, it's been a great pickup for me. Okay. We're big fans of prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash bang and use code bang for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's go to, I need you to go to prizepicks.com slash bang and use code bang for a first deposit. Deposit match up to $100. Check it out. Daily fantasy sports made easy with prize picks. You don't trust my David Montgomery text, do you? No, I respect it. As somebody who uh, narrowly dodged drafting Jameer Gibbs, like I've had an outsized attention paid to his lack of uh, use in Detroit. So for some reason, all of the uh, articles and, and discussion about how little uh, he's getting the rock like i don't even have him on my roster but i i still feel the pain okay do we want to start with where we definitely need to focus or do anything else and leave some time for it jack you want to start talk jags jags in london is that what you want to do uh, are they moving um, there what's happening when's that no, happening? we're rebuilding uh we uh emphasis on we uh, they're reinvesting, um, rebuilding uh, the bank in uh, Jacksonville. But they will. I think they've committed to playing two game, two home games in London for the foreseeable future. I think there was talk of that bumping up to three or four, but then they drafted 
Trevor Lawrence and realize they're going to get good again. Um, so they'll just be over there as the staple team for, for some time. A pretty ordinary game uh, to beat Buffalo, by the way. And But Trevor Lawrence, um, speaking of fantasy, keep waiting for him to break out. He doesn't, but they are getting better, I will say. So good for him. <sighs> again, nobody cares about my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. But David Nye's conversation about Trevor Lawrence last week affected my decision to start Anthony Richardson mm. oh, no. over Trevor Lawrence uh, this week. And uh, I publicly complained about uh, Pollard and and uh, uh, Lamb letting me down. But had I just started Trevor Lawrence, your boy would have stayed undefeated. Anyways, fast forward. Yeah, Jags got the win. Bill's dropping this one. I don't think it has anything to do with going over and playing in London. Enough teams have gone over and played in London and played productive games that get over it. Uh, I didn't hear the Falcons complaining about anything when they were, you know, their week one as were the Jags. Like, it's all unfair advantage. I don't want to hear it. Hmm. I know it only applies in this circumstance because Jags stay there for two weeks, but I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to go back to Jacksonville? Uh, no. No, I get it. That would be a waste and also not carbon friendly. So <laughs> shout out to the Jags. For- Are the Cowboys coming back to Dallas, by the way, uh, between Santa Clara and oh, Los for- Angeles? Oh, 100%. Yes. Oh, there, yeah. There's- <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely, dude. They're not staying out there. You got to go to the oh, star, man. Oh. You got to go look at the tape. You got to see, hey, why do we get our doors blown off um, by the best team in football? It's pretty simple. Anything on the on the Dolphins or the Eagles before we jump into it? Because Dolphins are incredible to watch. Like, it's made having Sunday ticket worth every single penny. I don't even know if it would have been a national game. But it's fun to see. They're great. Uh, as far as the Eagles, I still think the Rams are good. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the Cut Rams. Cutting back helps. They've got a lot of weapons. So, yeah, I. No, I mean, I, I, I'm really like in an existential crisis with my with my uh, current fandom because I'm I'm seeing that I'm seeing that the Rams are going to get better. I already know what the Eagles are. 49ers are just in another class, and Dak is never going to beat that team. So if there is a road to the Super Bowl, there is going to have to be a monumental upset. Someone's going to have to. It's going to have to shake out weird, and someone's going to have to take out San Francisco. Because that cannot beat them. It's the worst mm-hmm. game I've ever seen. It was very, very ugly. It, it was uh, demoralizing. It was it was a loss that was so bad. It's like, all right, what's what's next year looking like for me? Like, I'm just I'm fucking over it. I don't think Dak has it, and not just because they played San Francisco. I just don't think Dak has it anymore. I'm losing faith in him. I don't. I need like a I need a smart guy to like look at the. Um, I won't say all 22 because I've been informed that that's not what football people say. In fact, only boners say all 22. Um, but but I need somebody to tell me, is Dak just holding on to the ball because there's actually nobody down the field open? Because he sure holds on to the ball the way, quite a bit. The way he gets flushed out of a pocket and will evade, you know, defensive end or linebacker like barreling down on him. And he's like, he keeps like scooting to the sideline and looking downfield, looking downfield. No one's there. Throw the ball away. <laughs> Throw the ball away. Don't take a seven-yard sack when you don't have to. Like it's not there. The guy's gonna be on you in one second. Get rid of the ball. There's yeah. no one open. I don't understand why he always takes a sack in that situation. He's it happens so often. He's slow, man. He's okay. not he does not move. It's like not he just did. It's and not just about being immobile. It's about being like I know. All right, let's not let's not lose seven yards. He's here I think he handicapped the rest of this. I mean, it's I think he has an issue. I think he's scared of throwing it away and either and throwing a pick. Like honestly, like he's. Just, I, I think he doesn't know what to do. I think he's very. Throw it, when you got uh, what's, when you got Fred Warner running at you, like that dude had a their linebacking core sick. That dude had a game. He's a monster. Yeah. I, I think you just panic and like you would. You shouldn't panic if you're a forty million dollar not at this point quarterback in your, career, in your seventh year or whatever. Throw it twenty yards out of bounds. But dude, that's just testament to San Francisco, dude. They're nasty. No, but it's it's not. I mean, yes, they are. They are obviously nasty. It's just really poor and really slow decision making by Dak. Um. Yeah. 
Also, it doesn't help that you were unable to establish any kind of a run game. I didn't realize he was – I mean, is, is it the ankle? Like, why is he so immobile now? Not that he was ever Lamar Jackson, but he could move around. Not uh, anymore. No, I think it's just a accumulation of, of – you had the dislocated foot or ankle, whatever. You had the calf injury the next year. Um, and just age. Yeah. And he he used to be a dude who would, you know – Tuck it and run, and he would like seek out contact, which you don't love. It but. looked like he was paid to throw that game. That's how bad he. That's how bad his performance was. It was. It was bad. It was. It was like I'm not even looking at Twitter. Bad. Yeah. I was like, damn. And the de- like we're not. We even talked about the defense. Like they for a while, it didn't look great, but they were still kind of holding up there into the bargain a little bit. Like, what, you know, three and outs, three and outs. You keep running your defense out there, but Michael Parsons, absolute non-factor. Um, he's got bad body language at times. Can we talk about Michael Parsons' bad body language when things aren't going great? Sure. Because, like, he's the guy you look to. You're like, oh, this is the best player in the NFL. I think many people have said that. And there's times where he looks absolutely defeated, and you just, like, you want a little bit more. But they were never going to win that game. After they went, after it was 21-7, I was like, okay, not good. And then we came out in the third. We got the ball, kicked, kicked a field goal, which I didn't have the biggest problem with. But a lot of people did, but it it didn't matter. No. It was not good. It didn't matter. Not good at all. Um any thoughts on how much you learned about Brock Purdy on and off the field? I don't know how much of the broadcast you were listening to. Mm-hmm. I have said many times I typically will mute it, listen to other things, oh, I'll I read close captioning, but Last night I had Collinsworth and Trico full blast. Yeah, how could you not? How could you not? Uh, is this uh is this maybe what his parents do for a living? I don't I don't need Trico like hyper explaining that he's trying to help a hot tub business do well in Mesa, Arizona. Um I don't need like Weeks ago, we got shots of Brock Purdy's head, like high school coach in the crowd, like 10 shots of his family. Like there are so many other storylines on that team. Like give it a rest. Brock Purdy's I would parents. venture to say we got more. We got the same number of shots of Brock Purdy's family or mentions of something non-football related to Brock Purdy as you got Taylor Swift shots last week or whatever in prior weeks. Like they were so focused there was a it lot was bizarre it was it was bizarre i don't know if you watched it with sound but like so i guess brock per- purdy's parents have a, a a hot tub store <laughs> they sell hot tubs that's sick it, which i know it's Get a thing that tub. exists but it's just kind of it's it's weird to imagine like hey i'm gonna go down to the hot tub store but wait what, what was got. the storyline about it though? nothing just oh, oh, oh. dad closes the shop to go watch the game. They put up a they can't when they can't get somebody to work that day, they'll just put up a sign that says going to watch football. I'm just like, you couldn't you couldn't find anybody to you couldn't hire another employee, maybe to to watch the store. It's just it's very cute, I guess. If you're a 49er fan, you probably yeah, love it. it but be I guess open someone's on gotta, Sundays. Someone's gotta sell hot tubs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Tariko seemed ex- astonished that people would want a hot tub in in Arizona. It's probably all uh, just packaged, packaged into the Purdy story. He was just you know a late round draft pick, and he's turned into the quarterback. And he's still what making under a million dollars, right? It's like eight hundred. It's a whole package, right? He, yeah. I, I think he is good. I mean, I think no, he's very. He good. is good. He's going to have to get paid soon, and it's going to affect the dynamic of the rest of that roster. But uh, for now, I think fucking- that. He's good. I think that he's executing well within the system he's in. I think back to the Jalen Ramsey uh, quote, I don't know, probably five, six years ago where he went like quarterback by quarterback uh, when he was calling different quarterbacks trash and like one or two of them good. And I think about Garoppolo. He said that's all scheme. And the Niners had like beat the brakes off the Jags prior to that. But like he was like, yeah, that's all scheme. Um, That kind of stuck with me because we've also seen multiple quarterbacks succeed uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo to a certain extent uh, succeed with the Niners. Brock Purdy's better than what Garoppolo was in the system, but um, none of that to say, oh, system quarterback. Like, we'll we'll just see. Time will tell. Him being twelve and one and his to begin his career is unfathomable, unfathomably great. And it's not just his defense doing it. Yeah, He's done it without like a notable running back besides uh, CMC in the last like, you know. 
section of it. Uh, their scheme is really sick. It's really fun. And if there is if there is one scheme that like if you are a quarterback who is a late round pick, the latest pick, um, <laughs> that would be the scheme you'd want to be dropped into, I think. Uh, but there was no pass rush. I'm interested if they can if to see what like a team like the Eagles. Well what? Are you mimicking Collinsworth's pass rush? No, I was, was just that, uh, no. Accidental. My lips are really chapped from from oh, okay. morning golf okay. yesterday. <laughs> no, uh, Chris Collinsworth will, Collinsworth will hit you with a pass rush. No, that uh, was just that was just it. user error. Um, um, no, but I'm interested. Like when Philly ends up inevitably in the NFC Championship uh, against San Francisco, like what does an actual disruptive pass rush pass rush uh, look like? Well, I'm be thinking about that one. Anyway, if someone wants to take um, over while I just stutter my way through the fucking show. Last thing on the Cowboys game, like there's no need for me to like high step in here. And I told you so, I told you, told you so, but I ran out of like excuses to think that the Cowboys were going to come back with. And of course it's all going to go back to Dak because of the number of uh, interceptions. Like there was, you know, Hey, we got to wait till this line gets back. If you're going to say this is all on Trayvon Diggs or Deron Bland getting hurt, okay. But you had no reason not to show up uh, offensively. Maybe We're going into a week where the Cowboys are about to play their former offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Mm. Um, Revenge game. And they just finished a game where they ran the ball seven times in the first half. And that's something that Kellen Moore would have gotten you know, spit-roasted for in the media the, the days following. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and for them to come right out and run the ball, I think two out of three downs or whatever it was, it was like 60% of the plays, a little bit more than that. Uh, in that first drive that they end up with a field goal, um, not, not two out of three, but, uh, you know what I mean? They clearly like tried to make an effort right at that point, And then the game was just gone. Um, so I don't know. I just think that it does go back to the Cowboys were not 40 points. You know, they were not a 40 to nothing team or whatever against the Giants. Uh, I don't think that they were, um, you know, whatever it was, 30 points better than the Jets uh, were that day. Um, I'm not saying the Cowboys are bad, but as bad as my picks have been, they are uh, two losses away in the next six games of me being like, oh, shit, when I said they'd have four losses, I was kind of joking, and here we are. So we'll see. Yeah, I noticed you didn't include the Patriots in there because I do think they are that's that much the better. Because the, yeah. they, yeah, the they Patriots. Got, <laughs> they're in a they're in a bad way, dude. That's a. Um, that's a how tough do you think scene. it ends for Bill Belichick? Like, do you think he makes it through this season? And not that he'll get. I don't think he'll get fired. But do you think he finishes the season? Do you think he tries to fix this? Do you think this matters when people think of Bill Belichick? It should not. Um, I think. I don't know what he said, like if he's alluded to his future plans, how long, how long he wants to do this, but I, I feel like wouldn't be shocked if he stepped down after the season because, I mean, I wouldn't want to fucking deal with this. That offense just feels so depleted, like talent-wise right now. Yeah. I mean, who's at receiver? Juju? He's. I think. He had one decent year six years ago. Like yeah, like I'm not saying he's good. I'm just, yeah. I don't even know the roster. <laughs> yeah, I, but they well, don't even have like a Puka Nakua, like the Rams or whatever. Like they don't even have a guy that they're making great. Like a guy that they they're doing with them. Pluck out of the late rounds. Yeah. Um I'm thinking like a five seven white guy, um, specifically. <laughs> um, many of them actually. No, and and like when you don't have a, a young quarterback, where it's like we just got to give him time. We believe in this guy. It's not even one of those. It's just like a. Start over. No, I would. I would not be shocked if he stepped away. But they're uh, they're not going to fire him or anything. But I don't know. He's a weird fucking guy. I don't um, know what his deal is. Uh, Kayshawn Boudia is he even on the depth chart with? Him? Yeah, he's so he's still there and he's getting some play. Devontae Parker's there. Uh, they've got a ton of injuries, man. Um, not saying it's the whole reason, but she's just glancing at their depth chart uh, real quick. Like I'm counting. 15, 16 players with questionable out or IR next to their name. So, yeah, they, they, it's it's not looking good. Okay. Him and Saban are both old, like, in general for this earth. Um, Pops up there, too, like, in terms of great coaches. 
like the end has to be close for all three of these like phenomenal phenomenal coaches. And I don't think that anything happening in the last couple of years is going to change anything of what anybody should think of Bill Belichick. Agree. Okay, who's more likely to who's more likely to be coaching next year? Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, or Mike McCarthy? <laughs> uh, McCarthy. You think McCarthy? <laughs> yeah. Dude? Yeah. Is he going to make it through the bye week? Dude, it feels like Jerry has yeah. just unwarranted belief in him. Yeah. But if he misses a, if he doesn't win a playoff game, if they don't make it, the the talk before the season was like if they don't make that NFC. Uh, championship game like he's gone which yeah, might be a point. little extreme that was the bar originally that was the bar and i don't know i have not heard people start they're not you know moving this hypothetical bar back but i don't know man if they don't <laughs> if they don't win a wild card game i think i think he's gone man jerry's jerry's too old for this shit he can't put I'll, up i'll with quickly it. read you the teams ranked not ranked but you know better records than them in the nfc you tell me like where their wins come in the playoffs. And I, I can see a couple. Niners. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eagles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you bet heavily on the Cowboys to win against the Lions in the playoffs? Uh, or the Bucks? Not heavily. Bucks, yes. Yeah. Bucks, yeah. Lions, Seahawks. probably. And then Seahawks, Falcons, and Saints are all you know, tied by record. And I guess the Packers could be after tonight. So like, again, you see them getting that first one. <laughs> I think the lions is a toss up. I don't think anybody's betting on them to beat the Niners or the Eagles. So we'll see. We, we will see. see. God, dude, that, that, that Kellen Moore game does look pretty, pretty, pretty juicy now. Uh, coming yeah. this weekend. Huh? Can we talk about something more fun? Please. Can we talk about major league baseball? Because uh, I don't know if you guys have looked, and I hate that this is a thing, but the updated World Series odds, Gosh. the Texas baseball Rangers are now your odds-on favorite to win the World Series. <laughs> are you kidding me? No, I, ju- I saw that. Somebody, maybe it was uh, Bob Stern, somebody on Twitter was posting that. I was like, okay, we're let's slow down. Let's get to the ALCS. Um, Still got to get through the – well, I, the show's – they're tied, so but you you got to feel like that's that's what's coming. Yeah, that that's what I feel like. But dude, Minnesota, Korea, man, that was kind of nasty. They're well-rounded man. team. They really are. Um, I list. I did not get to watch the Rangers yesterday. I had to listen to it on. Uh, by the way, the 1080 KRLD uh, AM station out of Dallas. I got that signal all the way into North Austin. I just want to shout them out all the way from Tyler, Texas, south to Austin. Listen to it the whole way. Quite enjoyable. Um, but that's always a really the old like KVIL legend where you you'd hear about being able to get a signal like a state away. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I listened to I AM that. radio for three and a half hours yesterday. <laughs> great, um, dude. If if we weren't shorthanded this week, I'd absolutely be going to the game tomorrow. Game three at home. Rangers could close it out. Um, it would be insane. It would be really insane, given like that they lost a hundred games last year. Uh, lost Scherzer, although he might be back next round. Lost to Grom, and they're run, rolling out Jordan Montgomery, your ace, and they won a basically a bullpen game, game one. Uh, insane, and I can't believe it. And I'm just trying to temper my expectations. I don't know what it's going to look like, but, you know, Strohs are knotted up against the Twins, like we said, and we'll see what happens. Cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to pander too much uh, to the baseball world, but, like, as dialed in as I've been on the Rangers the last, I don't know, whopping three or four games, you know, breaking news, KJ's watching playoff baseball. Um, Kershaw. Dude. Mm. Absolutely S in the bed uh, in game one against the Diamondbacks and the Braves dropping game one against the Phillies. That's probably what's tilting the scale a little bit for the Rangers to be the odds on favorites and Astros dropping game one. So, or I guess uh, game two for them tying it up. Like it's weird. I I'm not going to hold out hope. I posted a picture of the uh, Gulf oil sign uh, which I only equate to uh, 
Um, Nelson Cruz smashing into it in the outfield in St. Louis, you know, some 15, 17 years ago. I don't do the math. Um, 12. So I'm, I'm not really ready to be hurt. I guess I don't know why I'm going back to 06. So. Uh, I'm not ready to be hurt again, but uh, I'm definitely intrigued. Some, some weird shit could happen here. I am. I'm ready. Uh, it took me a couple games to get back into it, but um, the bullpen, like, was such a was such a white knuckle ride in the uh, at the end of the season pretty much all season really they're a very bad bullpen to see them like game 1 hold a one run lead it was insane and honestly like the most stress i've felt watching sports in a long long time so i can't wait till we get to the ALCS against Houston and and yeah we're trying we got Chapman out there and you know oh. with Chapman like in three or four pitches if he's going to like be able to to get it done <laughs> He's a fucking wild ride, man. He is. I just don't want to have him go back to Houston. I I I, I don't want him to have to go to Houston. <laughs> Dude, Yovaldi Yul, can't beat Houston. Chapman can't beat Houston. It's just not a good. It's not a good scene. We need the Twins to pull that out. I was in Houston when that happened, and man, mm. I just remember being Minnesota very like emotionally hurt <laughs> watching his face and like just the oh. Oh shit! Face after he gave up that home run against the Yankees. Rangers, man, or, you yeah, with the Yankees. You don't know what they're getting with their bullpen. Obviously, that offense, though, they bring the bats, man. Did you see the secret weapon? I did not. Tell me. Um, been... We got a little. Uh, not a hockey player. This is jumping ahead, but the uh, the locker room's apparently been bumping Creed, and that's oh. been that. There's they've been playing Creed like sarcastically or. Uh, they're saying it's not, but it, it almost certainly is. Although with baseball guys, you don't know. Weirdos. Yeah. (laughs) In a lot of ways. Uh, also after the Tampa series, uh, the post game, uh, very few people picked up on the fact that they were just absolutely blaring, uh, Dick down in Dallas, which is quite different than Creed. By who? I don't know the guy's name. He is a country artist. Sounds like a Wheeler Walker joint, but it's not Wheeler Walker. No, it's not. But um, yeah, it's just a it's a song about an ex getting dicked down in Dallas and many other places. Actually, so around the, what the country. happens? What happens in Austin? Is it like sucked off in I, Austin? I or believe something? it's anal in Austin. Anal in Austin. Thank <clears throat> yeah. you, Randy, for helping us out there. Good, good for Randy. Us. Looked up. He hasn't looked up the entire time. He's like, mm. who? Trey, Trey Lewis. Lewis railed out in Raleigh. Shout out to Trey Lewis for the, the bop. Not a shocker that uh, a baseball locker room's just blaring that. I feel just, like the stars also uh, stars did too. Yeah, yeah, we'll embrace that too. That's good stuff. Yeah, you kind of have to. Um, so yeah, it's a baseball pod here today. Yeah, nothing better than uh, Saturday night. Boys are you know just got done playing some golf, cooking some some steaks, some fajitas. Going to get the game on, fired up. It's like five zero. 5-0, top of the first. Kershaw, who everybody's like, everybody could, we're, I'm a Kershaw fan. Just getting shelled. Very Not, likable. Yeah. Very likable. Uh, you guys want to party? Let's party, Dave. Let's do it. <clears throat> this is the part of the show where we party and we continue podcasting at the same time. Travis Scott Golf Shoe. It's a Nike collab. Just dropped. Kind of gas. Don't know if it's for me, but it's kind of gas. I would wear it. I wouldn't go out of my way to wear it. Uh, I believe I saw a golf store. We had this sent to us earlier from Brett. Is um, they're gatekeeping the shoe to keep uh, shoe dealers or shoe what is it? Shoe flippers? What do you call them? Not shoe flippers. I don't know. People, people, who, people who buy and sell shoes. Yeah, those who would you know people just trying to earn an honest buck. Um, they're or trying to keep people interested in Travis Scott. Maybe, maybe. Oh, oh, oh. Race card. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're making you hit a drive uh, at least 200 yards in order to buy the shoe. Yeah. To, to prove that you actually do play golf. Uh, I'm going to be that guy. 200 yards, not that far. Mm, not that far. But Just, if you've never picked yeah, a club I, up before. That's a great point. Can you hit a, a ball 200 how many, yards? How many opportunities are you giving me? Right. What if you just shake the, the first one? What's the back of the net at Top Golf? At 230? 220. No, it's out there. I don't know. I fly the like, net, so. Oh, you might, you might be right. It might be about 240-ish. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You think there's a? What, you think there's something uh, nefarious going on? Are we, including, are we including uh, Carrie? 
<laughs> I don't know how we're uh, calculating this, but uh, I get a hefty roll, nice some, some nice wind. If you are, might a approach it. If you are a shoe flipper who also plays golf, you are in luck. You can flip these shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably people in this office who will have them. I bet we will come next time we see Will in a in a couple of weeks. By the way, congratulations, uh, Travis Scott. He does he play golf? That I don't know, and I won't I played, speculate on. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I won't say what I was going to say. <laughs> well, like, um, now I want to know what you're going to say. Big fan of Smash GC, but that didn't even like clearly translate. It's an unfortunate incident. I'm trying to shoehorn in. Um. Anyways. Speaking of Travis Scott, let me bring things some more somber story uh, that I was really excited about this weekend. Um, Iowa State put out uh, what? Do you want me to go back and explain it? Because it's not going to look no, 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 no. I was trying reputation. to figure out how serious this was going to be, and if I should just run the music back, the the audio bed, and we're going to run it back. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'll, 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 I'm just going to tell a story. Um, so yeah, the. Uh, Iowa State Cyclones, not somebody that we'd probably be paying attention to unless we were going through Brock Purdy's like collegiate history or something. I don't know. Um, they put out their uniforms last week for the Jack Trice Legacy game, which was the 100th and 100th anniversary of um, the, the game between Iowa State and Minnesota, uh, where unfortunately Jack Trice, former football player for Iowa State, lost his life or lost his life due to injury sustained in that game. Um, for those who aren't aware, Jack Trice uh, was the first black player uh, to play football at Iowa State in the, again, do your math here, 100 years, 1922 season, 1923, whatever. Um, so, you know, this is pre uh, any significant uh, integration efforts within the U.S. And at this point in time, if you had a player uh, who was of significant note or, or not significant note, like playing in college sports. They were often targeted. Um, Jack Trice was, is unique in terms of like him having a place in history because he wasn't like, he's not Jackie Robinson. He wasn't like an all American. He wasn't, you know, Jim Brown, pre Dom Vi, uh, or any of these other like major legacy black athletes who broke color barriers in the places that they did it. Jerry Levias, um, uh, from SMU. Uh, as well. Tremendous, like all conference players. He was just a player. In fact, he was from a small town, wanted to be a farmer, went to Iowa State so he could learn how to farm and go back to living in the South in the 20s to teach his family how to farm. Um, inspired by, you know, George Washington Carvers of the sort. Uh, there were a couple plays in the 20s that were like outlawed in football. We know nowadays like uh, wedge on the kickoffs are uh, outlawed players in the past like 15 years would be able to like lock arms and block defenders like, <laughs> like red rover letters levels yeah and you put three linemen four linemen together and go smash through you know dbs running down to ki uh, cover kicks in college football and high school football that's been you know ixnate they used to do that with offensive linemen uh like back in the 20s where they would just lock arms and double team or just crash down on defenders uh you know a la tush push. Uh, that was an outlawed play. Um, maybe a year or two before uh, the game in question here between Iowa State and Minnesota. Uh, Jack Trice was uh, uh, playing defensive end at the time. He'd already hurt his shoulder, I believe, playing like wide receiver. Was playing defensive end uh, and basically was trampled in a play. Uh, sustained additional injuries, I believe broken ribs possibly. Um, I don't have the specifics here. He was admitted to the hospital uh, field team doctors, like you know, put in the hospital. The game was at Minnesota. Um, some say he was like released too early from the hospital. Uh, and at that time they were like riding the train uh, from get to get to, from game to game, put on like a bed of hay in the back of like a drafty box car uh, to ride that out back to Ames. Saw doctors names. His conditions had wor worsened, eventually succumbed to the injuries and died. It hasn't been named Jack Tri Stadium, Iowa State's football stadium. They didn't name it after him in 23. Go figure. Uh, they put like a little memorial somewhere, a little plaque in the corner of a gym that mentioned it. A professor found it in like the 90s, brought it up, wrote an article about it. School rallied around it in the late 90s. It is now the only stadium it has been for a while. The only stadium named after 
uh, a person of color, or specifically about a black athlete in college football, which is just kind of bizarre to think of. Um, you know, you've got Eddie Robinson filled down in Grambling, maybe even the stadium, but at the FBS level, this is it. So they had their 100th anniversary game uh, this past weekend. Uniforms looked kind of questionable going into it. You know, uh, ask Utah, I won't let you slide even in a memorial game if you got some weird things going on with your uniforms. They looked phenomenal uh, during the game. Vertical stripes uh, stayed on their helmet in red. Uh, and to top it all off, I don't know if you saw who they played, uh, but they came away with the dub um, over a team, I think, out of Fort Worth, Texas Christian University or something like that. So shout out to Iowa State uh, in the 100th anniversary of Jack Trice legacy game, uh, and most notably for beating TCU. Thank you. That was beautiful, KJ. Yep. It was all just talk about TCU losing. You just... (laughs) (laughs) You're so proud of yourself. Well, I did learn a lot. Like, I knew Jack Trice. I didn't know the... I didn't know a lot of the history. No relation to Obi. Sure. Okay, I wasn't going to ask if he was related to Obi Trice. Real name, no gimmicks. Um... Okay. Uh, and I do owe a major thank you and shouts to uh, listener Jackson Baum, uh, I believe from Iowa State, who attended the game, put this back on my radar, uh, gave me more reasons to remember to pay attention to it than just to see TCU lose. Wow. Okay. Shout out to Matt Campbell. <laughs> He's the coach. Yeah. He's kind He's of a dickhead. His job. He's kind of a charge, isn't he? Well. <laughs> if he was my coach, I'd probably like him. But all right, run it back real quick. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's run it back. Of course, the segment where we talk about what we already talked about. Parks did secondhand drugs at ACL. No. <laughs> Poor one out for KJ's fantasy team this week. Mm, lost. Losers. Dave thinks Micah has bad body language at times. Micah Parsons. To be clear, not Micah Weiner, but Parsons. No. The- the guy who plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Kellen Moore would have gotten spit-roasted for running the ball seven times in the first half as the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. Dicked down in Dallas is, of course, by country music star Trey Lewis. And finally, KJ took the long way to point out that TCU lost. Dude, I, f- I forgot that even happened. Like the- Oh, my God. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It happened 100 years ago. It still matters Not today. That. Talking about TCU. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, KJ. All right, remember, no live stream this week. Who's TCU got this week? Can you just... Man, I hope they've got some time off. Really think through their uh, their schedule. Uh, you know what? It looks like they've got BYU. Mm. They are hosting BYU. Okay. Weather dry. So New Big 12 stir up. All right. we uh, No live stream this week. We'll be back next monday and then we've got a special guest next thursday 6 30 central subscribe to our youtube until then bye bye i don't want my chips with the dip bye. That's all i know i don't want my chips playing i want my chips with the dip so bring them dips